0: This ESPN Chicago podcast is presented by 19 Crimes Wine.
1: From the Old National Bank State Street Studio, this is Waddle and Sylvie on WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago. A Good Karma Brands radio station.
2: Hardware conversation. On what we saw from LeBron James last night coming up. And if not last night in a record like that, what record would you like to see and be at? We were talking about that hit streak. That would be magical. 3123323776. And for the haters out there, why do you still dislike LeBron? Don't forget the big game pregame is back. This is when we take over our Twitch. Stream And this is a Twitch-only broadcast. Noon to 2 on uh, Super Bowl Sunday. The big game pregame is back. It's presented by 19 Crimes Wine. From noon to 2, Waddle and I, Tyler and Meller, will be hosting everyone on the radio station. We will welcome all your favorites, plus Big Cat... Big Cat's going to join us as well. This is when he pulls the mood that he pretends that his screen is, is frozen. And uh, guys, you, get, you got me? Or he just freezes there and pretends he's frozen. He's like a five-year-old. Yes, he is. Uh, from noon to two, we are uninterrupted, and we are working uncensored. It's going to be outstanding. We're like the pre-pregame show. So tune in. We'll read your questions and comments on the Twitch chat. Make sure you subscribe. It's ESPN 1000 Chicago. Noon to 2. I'll get you some reminders to the day of. So you make sure that you come to the Twitch uh, stream on ESPN 1000 Chicago. Chad Millman's a longtime friend of this show. You met Chad... Years ago, doing uh, the Colin, what was the Colin football show name? Uh, I think it was Colin Coward football show. I
3: think I don't, for, I forget. It's it been a lifetime colony. ago. Very colony. Isn't Chad it? was like the the he was the czar of all things ESPN. So I mean,
2: he just kind of decided that he was going to lower his standards and work with us on Sundays. And he's great at what he does. He's now the chief content officer for the Action Network, and for years we've turned to him for his gambling advice and uh, we've been gambling legally now in our state for a couple of years, two, three years now, and uh, we've learned a lot, and we want to make some money on Super Bowl Sunday. Chad Millman joins us on the CarX Tire, and Auto Hotline. Uh, Chad, how the hell have you been?
1: It's great to be with you guys again. I missed you both so much. And, uh, you know, what kind of world are we living in where Sylvie is, in the two-hour Twitch show. Yeah. Like, uh, Waddle, what, what the heck is going that's on? That's what
3: we do. You know, the more people you can reach out on, the number of different platforms, that's what we're doing in 2023,
1: Chad. Listen, we're all trying to ex We're just cross-platforming every way we can. I'm also interested in, and I want to get to the bets and the props, because I know that's what people need to hear, but, you know the game that you'd like to be at I, this past weekend, I went to the UNC Duke game and oh. it was my first ever time going to Cameron. Yeah. And my first time going to a UNC Duke game. Top five sporting event I've ever been to. Really? It, really? It, and they it, were, neither team was yeah, very yeah. good, right? They were not, they were not very good teams, but look, it was a, it was a one possession game for most of the game. And, I was on the court. I, I had, you know, credentials and passes and stuff because, you know, I'm pretty important
4: and
1: I took my 16 year old kids. So we were there, you know, while they were warming up, we were side, like literally, you know, m- just inches away. And then we were with the crazies and then we were watching, you know, from up on high at the press box and stuff. It was glorious, totally glorious. And it reminded me, like, of the events that are so great to go to. I bet LeBron, like that, was like that last night. Were like that being at the Cubs World Series. I was at those games, you know, at Wrigley when they won those last that last one to kick off that streak. Like, those are magical. It's like when, when Waddle beat beat Dion and then yeah. in the end zone. Like, those are the top five moment for me. I
3: was shocked that I did not see you courtside last night as I was watching. LeBron Next James, to Denzel. Yes, break that record.
1: Honestly, I would have done it. The problem was, I knew I had to do this show, and I wouldn't get back in time. And I was worried about being traveling. I didn't want to miss. The, I not want to miss the slot.
3: You are so conscientious. You are. That's why we love you. That was sincere. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> no, what you're right. Yeah, no I mean that was very sincere. I can't say it more sincerely than that.
2: Yeah. I love you. So the 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 because it, it is on my bucket list too, Chad. The the Cameron Indoor Experience is bucket list worthy.
1: So amazing! I would say uh, it knocked out for me. Actually, speaking the Lakers, Lakers Celtics game one Staples Center Finals that had been in the top five. Duke UNC at Cameron knocked it out. Oh, wow! Yeah. By that... the
3: way, was last night one of the biggest layups in all of gambling sports gambling in, in the last twelve 100%. months? Hundred
1: yeah. percent. If you were not betting LeBron. Over to thirty six, over thirty five last night. Yes. Then you're not paying. Then you're not paying attention.
3: And by the way, I, bet you, I think you could get some good value too, right? It was like plus one twenty five or plus one thirty.
1: Waddle ten years ago, like you wouldn't even know plus or minus. No, if I would it was not. Minus, you're no. like, yeah. y- You were like, why is it minus if it's the better team? And now you're telling me yeah. about good value and yes. money on LeBron's over points prop.
2: You helped us. That's right. right. You've he, educated you educated us. You schooled us yeah. when we, we knew nothing. It.
1: By the way, is your is,
3: is your son? You said he's a six. He's sixteen now. Is I know it's not legal for him to gamble, but does he help you with breaking down things now? Or he does he have any interest in the world of no, sports you know analytics? You no,
1: know what's interesting is uh, he's so not. In, he's a huge sports fan, A massive, massive sports fan, but. Um, not interested in gambling at all. And it's, it's a fine line. Like, I actually try not to talk about it with him too much because I don't want him to think, like, it's so easy and because it is accessible. It's legal in Connecticut. I know that he's got friends who like to talk about it. I know, like, in the high schools, it's, it's something that a lot of kids are doing. I learned about it in high school. So I'm not blind to that, but I try not to emphasize it. Too much because I either want him to come to it under his own, but I also want him to. In all seriousness, like we talk about, I'm not betting money that keeps you from going to college, right? Right? Like his his older brothers in college, I'm not like using the 529 to bet on Jarek McKinnon under his longest rushing yard. Okay, you know, carry. Okay, um, that's So good. we have a lot of conversations about it. Silly's so got his
3: silly's so. got his eight and six year old
2: already hooked on picking different. I'll let them like it's weird, but I will explain to them that this is real money. We're only going to play like for a couple of dollars, maybe five at the most. And I will to keep them interested. I will let them make a play like when Dallas lost their game. I'm like, who do you like in this game, Dallas or San Francisco? And Mason wanted to play Dallas. So I let him hit the hit the the number and and make the play. And he had more of an interest in the game. Am I doing it wrong?
1: No, no, that's what happens, right? And a lot of this also, in all seriousness, I know we're supposed to be fun all the time, but, like, there are lessons that can be learned in risk evaluation in all this. Do I think we should be telling our kids, like, when they're 16 years old, that they should be betting on the bears as underdogs every week? Probably not. But, like, in evaluating the numbers and making a decision and understanding – sort of how metrics influence how people perceive things, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah,
3: it's just when your kid, your 12-year-old's got a roulette wheel in his room, it maybe has gone a little too
2: far, right?
1: Is it is it weird we did casino night for his bar mitzvah? <laughs> I don't know.
2: <laughs> that's great. All right, so what uh, as we get to the game and we're talking to Chad Bellman from the Action Network, is there, one, is there one, starting at the top, is there one play that you absolutely love in this Super
1: Bowl? So here's what's interesting, and we'll talk about the game. I think the game is incredibly hard to handicap. I think the side is hard to handicap. I think the total is hard to handicap. The most money I have on the Super Bowl right now is Kyle Sanders to lead the game in rushing. That is that is the most money I have. The second biggest bet I have over two and a half players to throw a pass. Meaning someone other than than Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts will throw a pass. And then the third biggest bet
3: What is the I odds have, on that, Chad? Uh
1: let me see, what did I get that at? I got that at um,
3: because you're not playing that on even money, right, Dave? You're going to no, get no, some no, value no, no, no. there.
1: I got I got Miles Sanders at plus 150, and I got over two-and-a-half players at plus 154. Okay. And then the next biggest bet, Jarek McKinnon under eight-and-a-half yards for his longest rush. I got that at minus 114. Um, those are the biggest bets I have. Interesting.
2: Now, do you think Andy Reid is going to, like, uh, out Philly special Philly or something like that? Is that your thinking there?
1: It's a little bit of... The Super Bowl has become one of those games where coaches like to pull out the stops, and they are not as risk-averse, and I think that plays a little bit in the, the the total. The total's at about 50.5, 50 51. I think that plays into my thinking on the total and on the under, but... Um, I do think that either Andy Reid with a Travis Kelsey in the red zone, I think Devontae Smith, I think could there be a wayward punt, a fake field goal, whatever it is, um, I think the opportunity is there.
3: When you're breaking down this game, what is standing out most to you about each team? Is it the pass rush coming after Patrick Mahomes with an ankle that may not be 100% is it the Chiefs receivers that may be banged up? What is it that's going to probably push you towards where you're going to bet before kickoff?
1: So it's, uh, you know, and I'm sure this isn't a novel comment for what you guys have heard from previewing the game the past 10 days. Like, it's a great roster versus a brilliant quarterback. Yes. And so who do you lean on? Who do you believe in, right? And when I first started breaking this down, Eagles have the best tack. Rate in the NFL, the best pressure rate in the NFL. They're elite against number one receivers, including tight ends. And the Chiefs might only have a tight end because they don't. I don't know who else is going to be playing for them as a receiver. Um, their offensive line, the Eagles, two Hall of Famers in Lane Johnson and Jason Kelsey, best rushing game in the NFL against a defensive line and a defense that is mediocre against the rush. So um, all of that leads to, oh, the Eagles are probably the right side, but that's built into the line, right? It's at one and a half. Do I think the Eagles should be more than one and a half point favorites? Probably not. Um, I've spoken to some professional handicappers who have the Eagles power rated as a three-point favorite in the game. I think that's a little bit high. Um, So that's why I'm leading to the under is I think it plays to – the Eagles having long, sustained drives, I think it plays to potentially keeping the homes off the field. I also think, to the point we just discussed, I think the coaches, they are interested and have their tendencies are to go forward on fourth down. And their tendencies are to go forward on fourth down in the red zone, so it will limit the number of field goals that might be in the game. Uh, I think their tendency is to go forward if it's fourth and middle yardage, but they're on the thirty-five of their opponent, they'll probably go for it instead of kicking a 53 yard field goal. Um, so I think the variance is higher because they might score more touchdowns, but there might be less overall points.
2: Interesting. Chad Millman uh, from the Action Network joining us, Waddle and Selby on ESPN 1000. I know you said you like Miles Sanders as the leading rusher in this game. What about Jalen Hurts' rushing total? You know, they've been... They haven't rushed him a lot. I think late in the game, last last game I think it was. He had five or six
3: carries he, on the like, final drive. Like all think. of a sudden, yeah.
2: like they started rushing him. With no game now, the, this being it, do you think that, and I, I think his total right now is at fifty and a half, I'm looking at least on DraftKings. Do you think this is the, the game to play his over the total on his rushing yards?
1: If you've got 50 and a half on Miles Sanders, his no, rushing no. yards? No,
2: this is Jalen Hurts.
1: Oh, on his her, run.
2: like, like said, maybe because um, of that, there's no other game, and this is for the championship. The, the shoulder be damned, uh, they're going to run him.
1: I do, uh, and I don't think it's shoulder be damned. I actually think the shoulder was a bigger hindrance to me as a complete layman. Uh, and from what I've heard, That's in reading and talk on the throws, and you could see. A lot of the throws were off, and maybe we thought it was jitters, and it turns out it might have been the shoulder. But his running was fine. And so I do think that, that 50 is probably about the cap. Like, it's in line with where a lot of the folks at Action who do this much more thoughtfully than I do have graded it. It's about 4950. So you're not getting a ton of value. Then it's just, what do you think is going to happen schematically? I like Jalen Hurts over his rushing yards. I'm going to lean towards the overs on a lot of the Russian props for the Eagles um, because I think that's probably their best way to win the game.
3: What is the to- or what is their rushing attempts on him right now? Because you know if you get anything inside of th- third and two or, th- or fourth and two, they're going to line up and he's going to sneak it. So-
1: You're totally right. You're totally right. Uh, I'm looking right now in the Action Network app. And it looks like Jalen Hurts is at ten and a half.
3: I, you know, that that seems very doable to me in terms of well, a, a, attempts.
1: I, I agree. I feel like it would be the first game in the playoffs he was about that number, and I think he had seven in, in the first quarter or something like that. Uh, it does. It totally does. Because um, I think that's how the Eagles win the game.
3: Yeah. Just in general terms, Chad, has it become easier in your mind – Gambling on the NFL these days, or has it become
1: harder? I don't know, man. I think that there are spots. The public has definitely become sharper. I think it's become, it's harder later in the week. Because it used to be the numbers that you liked lasted a little bit longer. And now, because the public is a little bit sharper, the moves that you might want to take advantage of happen earlier in the week, and so you've got to be watching really closely. And I've actually started um, betting more frequently on Sunday nights because these lines are moving so fast that where something might have been available late in the Monday and you get a chance to evaluate, I find myself betting my first instinct. This, This game is a perfect example. So... Sunday night of the conference championship games. Uh, the second the line opens, uh, the, 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 set, the second the matchup is set, the line opens, and it's uh, the Eagles are one-and-a-half-point underdogs. That, I hadn't done any analysis. My sense was, this feels off. I think the line is going to move. I bet the Eagles plus one-and-a-half. Within 15 minutes, Kansas City was a two-and-a-half-point underdog. So then I bet Kansas City plus two and a half. So, like, all I've done so far is hope that the game lands with somebody winning 24-23. Right. Which is not going to (laughs) happen. But I I basically, I bet both sides. And now I'm going to either, I'm basically going to break even until I decide, okay, I've got a real opinion on this game. And to be honest, I just haven't been able to think of one. Like, I, I, I have no strong opinion on one side or the other.
3: How about officiating? How does officiating factor into how you gamble? Like it, will you look at the officials that are assigned to certain games? And and I guess maybe the the second part of that question for me is with the investment that the NFL is is getting with legalized gambling. Do you believe that they are going to have to 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 because they they can't Continue to miss all of these calls the way they are, that it will inspire them to do something different to try to get the officiating to be more exact?
1: Well, that is a brilliant question. Thank you. Um,
3: you forgot how brilliant I was because we haven't worked together for quite some
1: time. No, no, I'll never forget. Every day, I think. When I think about the most talented people in media, the most brilliant people in media, Sylvie so won. <laughs> Colin, two. Big Cat, three. Colin, two. Colin, two. Big Cat, genius. Waddle, you're, you're definitely, when I, late right at night, when I go to bed, I, I, I get to you. But okay. here's the point. <laughs>
3: That's kind of creepy, think, but I'm, I, I'm okay with it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, officiating is massive. And we do a ton of analysis on that because it influences a lot of the totals. It influences how you think about what will be happening late in the game, it influences, will there be pass interference? If we go deep into pass holding, pass interference, holdings on the, holding on the offense, uh, one of the bets that I have, not a big bet, but one of the bets I have, uh, Carl Sheffers calls a lot of penalties. His crews caused a lot of penalties. I bet the over 10.5 uh, accepted penalties in the game. I like it. Yeah. So
2: it's a great question. Uh, before we let you go, uh, what are your, th- your thoughts on uh, where your Bears are? Uh, we oh, know you're yeah. a big Bears fan. You're from Highland Park. Uh, are you confident that the Bears yeah. finally have it figured oh. out uh, with the general manager, with the new team president, with Justin Fields, with all this money, with uh, the number one pick? Do you think that we're going to be talking about a good team in a year or two?
1: Uh, I said this on a Sunday afternoon. Watching the Bears losing again, but still being enjoyable. Uh, I looked at my son and I said to him, I think the Bears are going to win a Super Bowl in the next five years. Wow. Oh, wow. And, and, and he looked at me and he said, That is the most optimistic thing I've ever heard you say <laughs> in my life. Yeah, it's you're not that are optimistic. Are you not known of a for, yeah for optimism around not the house? How about the Bears? I, 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 I am always negative about the Bears, but I have spent most of this season, usually on a Monday, Tuesday, at some point when I've got a window, thinking about there couldn't be a team in a better position than the Chicago Bears. Massive cap space. Even before the number one pick, they were going to have the number two pick. I was thinking, okay, they'll get one of the defensive players they want. I love Justin Fields. I think the way that the team figured out after that Washington game how to use him and how to put him in positions to succeed and make him more comfortable as an all-around player. I'm not blind to sort of his accuracy issues. I'm not blind to the fact he still needs to improve as a quarterback. I love, love, love where they are right now, one of the youngest rosters, most cap space, great spot, trade out of the pick, but don't go below number four, get the players we need. Like, I think it's, it's just amazing. Here's, this is how deep I'm going right now. I'm a little worried their offense is going to be too good next year. <laughs> and, and Luke Getzey is going to become like a hot head coaching candidate. And we're not going to get like the extra year that we need out of him. Like, I, I talked about in our podcast, uh, are the Bears next year's Jaguars? Because I'm Matt optimistic and enthusiastic right now. I'm almost giddy about it.
2: Well, that's good to hear. that Because, yes, I remember that you were never that optimistic about the Bears. And remember,
3: if Luke gets, he's getting head coaching interviews, it means something really good has happened. Right, and maybe his red zone play calling got better. Yeah, There you go.
1: Here's the problem. Here, he, honestly, here's the problem. The Bears could go 8-9 next year, and he could start getting – of course, head, like yeah. head coaching opportunities. So that's not good enough. Like I need this guy to stick around for at least two years. So we're back in the playoffs and making a run.
2: Maybe he pulls a Ben Johnson like uh, he did with Alliance in his well, days. That's, Unfinished that's business. Sort of,
1: that, that's the analog, right? Like Ben Johnson decided, I, got, I love this team. I love our potential. We've got great opportunities here. I think we've got a higher ceiling and room to grow. I want to be a part of that. I need Luke Getze to start thinking that. I don't know Luke Getze from Adam. All I know is that uh, I love where this team is going. I'm so happy about it. I think, look, we could we could trade the number one pick, get who we need on defense. Uh, we could make trades. Let's go get Devontae Adams. Let's go get Devontae Adams right now. Josh Allen became great when he got Stephon Diggs. Before that, he had terrible receivers. That was part of the problem with his accuracy. He became great when he had a great pass catcher. Who's well, going to be our next great pass catcher? I'd
2: love to go get Devonte Adams, but he's got to be gettable. Yeah, yeah, but,
3: but no,
1: I, I love the philosophy.
2: Yeah. I love. I like. We're with you on that. They've got Where's to our find...
1: Brian Bashnagel? Where's our Tom Waddle? No. Where's we, our Willie? Gould?
3: You I mean, don't. Yeah. We can, do,
2: we can do better. You can
3: Chad. do better than that, yeah. Chad. Set your set your sights higher. I thought you were optimistic.
1: Those were glory years for, for Bears receivers. Are you kidding me?
3: Well, you can't say, with all due respect, you can't say Devontae Adams in my name in the same sentence, all right? It's
1: not allowed. You're brilliant. Remember that time you beat Deion Sanders and kicked I in know. the end zone? We all remember Vaguely. that. It was a top five sports moment.
2: Vaguely. Uh, Mellor, before we let Chad go, do you have the clip that someone sent us today? Gustavo sent us this. Mitch sent us that. Uh, This is a good way to send you a home, Chad. Um, I don't know if you remember this. This is from NFL Films and, of course, the great Pat Summerall uh, narrating. I think it was like the year in review on the Bears video in one of the years. Talking about Tom Waddle and his greatness. Like in 1993. Take a listen to this, (laughs) Chad. For your enjoyment, we're going to make your day. Forget the Super Bowl. Forget LeBron James breaking the point record.
3: This is your Super Bowl, Forget,
2: Forget Cameron Indoor. This will officially make your week right here. Take a listen.
0: If the Bears' front line was a powerful locomotive, then scrappy pass catcher Tom Waddle was their little engine that could. Waddle has been cut more times than the fairways at Augusta. And like a dandelion on the 18th green, he seems out of place. Week after week, he made the key catch, only to get mowed down again. Tom Waddle was the cartoon character blown to bits in one scene, who amazingly <laughs> reappears in the next. He grabbed Peter Tom Willis's only TD pass. Scored the first and last touchdowns of the season. And was the only Bear to make a catch in every game. By Week 10, the Bears weren't waddling at all. They were racing ahead.
3: What John, or excuse me, what Pat doesn't tell you there is that we ranked 30th in offense (laughs) that year, so.
1: Oh, my God. The number of ways, the number of puns he made that were just like evisceration yet he was so happy for you. (laughs) (laughs) And he was patting me on the top of the head. Good
3: good kid. Good really good kid.
1: Good job, good job, little, good job, boy, little
3: guy. Little. He called good you job, a weed. Yeah, that's the part he, I did. Weed. I told you guys. I remember the part where he said, going back in time, saying he'd been cut more times in the fairways in Augusta, but I had forgotten about the dandelion. The, the dandelion on the green. <laughs> you're a weed. Oh my god.
5: <laughs> Wait, here's a question for you guys. Based on that, Chad, based on that, what yeah. you just heard, if you had to guess, 1990 ba- 1992 Bears, what do you think their record was? Nineteen ninety two Bears? Yeah, let's chat, guess.
1: 90, no, no. The ninety two Bears, uh I think they were nine and seven.
3: No, no, no. We were six and ten, weren't we? Five and eleven. Five and eleven <laughs> close. Was that that was Ditka's wait, last was that, year.
1: That was Ditka's last year.
3: Yeah, the year before in ninety one, I think we what we were we, eleven and five, and we were uh, a uh wild card team.
1: I oh. remember the uh, press conference introducing Dave Wannstedt. Oh. Uh, I remember it was breaking news like the moments of my life I remember being in Chicago and in 92 I was in college, but of being, and I think Dick might have gotten fired when I was home, of being in Chicago where breaking news happens in the middle of the day on like WGN when you're watching something, you know, you know, Sylvia, you probably remember this, like you're watching, I don't know, Leave it to Beaver or whatever, on WGN. It was John Belushi dying because he was such a Chicago legend. They broke in for that. And like Dick getting fired. Yeah. That was the breaking news I remember.
2: This too shall pass. Yes. Chad, you're the best. It was great catching up. Thank you. Thanks, Chad. I I look forward to seeing you on Twitch this Sunday. Oh, (laughs) yes. You You better better better, be dialed in. Twitch.tv slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. Be there.
1: I'll be there, fellas. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.
2: Chad Millman, The Action Network. He's the best. He's from Highland Park. Hey, he used to run ESPN, basically. Yeah, he
3: was ESPN, like uh, the magazine, the he, ESPN.com, dot com. He ran ESPN.com,
2: yeah. yeah. And then he left because he's so passionate about gambling for the Action Network to run that. Chad Millman on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. Waddle's World is
0: next. This is Waddle's World. And in Chicago, Tom Waddle. He can't run, he's not fast, but he gets open. Bears legend. Amazing. Nine career TDs in the NFL. He caught everything that was thrown and took every hit that they could give him. Tom Waddle. Let's get weird! Let's get weird! Welcome to Waddle's World. Come inside. Let's get weird! Let's get weird! let get weird! Let's get weird!
3: It's getting weird. It's always weird in this joint. Waddles World is brought to you by our great friends and partners at Wind Trust Community Banks. They are Chicago's Banks. Find your nearest Wind Trust Community Bank. Visit Wintrust.com slash find us, member F D I C to say thank you to all the fine people at Wind Trust and encourage them to continue to uh, be partners of ours here on Waddles World. I will do you no wrong. I will, not bring, will not bring shame to you. I will not bring shame to you. Love Wind
2: Trust. They've been a they've been a partner of they've ours on the Waddle and Sobey show forever, forever, ever. All right, Miller. Uh, I guess
3: today's the day where uh, in front of all of the football universe, Roger Goodell steps up and says stuff. Oh yeah, the state of the league address. And what do you want to start with? I think he had a comment about the officials that I don't think any of us agree with. Do we?
5: <laughs> I think you set it. it up perfectly, Roger. Uh... Roger's very happy.
4: Roger that. Uh, I think for us, when you look at officiating, I don't think it's ever been better in the league. There are over 42,000 plays in a season. Multiple infractions could occur on any play. Take that out and extrapolate that. That's hundreds, if not millions, of, of, of potential fouls. And our officials do an extraordinary job of getting those. Are there mistakes in the context of that? Yes. They are not perfect, and officiating never will. But we've also had, obviously, replay and other aspects that help us address those issues to make sure they're not uh, something that uh, we can't correct on the field. Communications between our office, that is not the case the, in the championship game. That, that was stopped appropriately because the clock was running by an official on the field. That happens frequently in our game. That's not an unusual thing. To have that happen so again we want to go back and look at the facts we may not disagree we may not agree with every tv announcer or every officiating expert but we think our officials are doing a great job but we're always going to look through our competition committee and everything else we have how we improve our officiating but it will never be perfect
3: all right he saved it a little bit from my perspective at the end when he said we're always trying to make it better and when you reference instant replay my hope is is that you implement it even more. Whether it's a sky judge or something else. I think
2: I do not agree with his assessment that it's never been better. Right. I that, don't agree that, with that. That takeaway quote in itself yeah. is not a good quote. He there's more nuance in the entire answer. Yeah. And I guess he what what is he supposed to say? He can't go up there and say, like he's trying. There are Bengal fans who believe like they the got which, right or that there was a fix, there's gambling to protect I thought can't they, say that we are we we're in trouble with our officiating I don't
3: think the process worked in the earlier game against with the the Eagles and the 49ers when they have what do they call it Miller they have the like the where they do have access to to New York and they're watching things on the Devontae Smith catch the officials should have you know looked at that thing quickly in New York and done Something that they've done all year long, and so I don't the think the first
2: few looks though were not conclusive.
3: I know, but the officials do have the right to stop the game and actually access the folks in New York for a very quick, short period of time. And you can't tell me in New York they don't have every angle of everything.
2: Well, then they need to clarify that more. Like, I totally. Is it, is it going to be like the college game then, when you can slow that down and we? We need a second to look at that because the Eagles controlled that. Yes, because there's there's the the play clock that's running. That is correct.
3: I just think I think there are a lot of things that need to be addressed. I think that with the emphasis of protecting the quarterback, so you're going to throw the flag for roughing the passer right. more readily. That's my beef because it is such an important penalty in a lot of situations. Make it reviewable. Yes, and if they're the people in New York see. A flag that has been thrown that shouldn't have been thrown then they call down they tell the officials stop let's look at this this shouldn't have been a penalty i just think that they need to start using technology a little more frequently uh and then there was a conversation about the thursday night games and whether or not they may be able to flex
5: some of them yeah i think it was more specifically about monday night football flexing but also thursday down the road
4: this is the first year of our new deal, so we'll have flexible scheduling on Monday night. So we'll have flexible scheduling on Sundays and Mondays. It wouldn't at all surprise me at some point that we have it on Thursdays at some stage, but not today. But it will certainly be something that will be in our, in our horizon.
2: I like that. Well, the, the, the Monday night is, is great for our network, ESPN, uh, and I think it's great for the viewer, right? Yes. Like, better do. games down the road. Am
3: I wrong by, by, by assuming that the schedule, the Thursday night schedule, just in general, is not very good? I mean, or is it so random? It just felt like every time you turned on your television on Thursday night, you got a, a bad matchup.
2: Well, remember the rules. The rules are every team in the league has to have a nationally televised game, Right. A primetime game? I think so. So, when you have every team having to be in a primetime game, the worst teams usually are on Thursday night.
3: Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, so, they're, they're stashing, right. you know, so the, the bad ones yeah, there. Right. Hey, and, let's run back the, uh, let's go
2: uh, Saints and uh, Texans. Let's right. do one of those. Right, and so it doesn't help that those bad teams then are on three days rest. You're like, you know, that you played. Is your body ready to play after three days off? No. No.
6: Well, the it's other part, too, is some of these teams just were bad this year that people expected to be good. Like, you look at
2: some of the matchups That's like, true. Uh, Colts and Broncos right. in the preseason. We had that a seemed lot of like cold ones. That's true. It's, we, it seemed like there was a three week stretch where we had the Colts on, on like every nationally broadcast. And well, they were on Monday too, night, yeah. Sunday night, and then like a Saturday game.
3: Remember? Jeff Saturday's getting that job, isn't he? What's I don't going know. on in Indy?
5: He's in the bathroom again. I think part of the problem is year after year, though. What you're probably each season, you have what maybe ten teams out of thirty-two that are really like, okay, I want to watch these teams play. And then, so how often do you have those two teams, you know, two teams squaring off of those ten? Maybe it was just a bad year. Maybe I'm living in the moment, but it felt like Thursday night football.
2: There's always going to. There were a couple of good games, but usually you're going to get bad football with all those games. I mean, like, there's a lot of football. How about this?
3: Philadelphia schools have sent out the following tweet: All district schools and offices will be open with a two-hour delay Monday, February 13th, the day after the Super Bowl. Go Birds. All right, So So schools
2: are going to be open on a two-hour delay. No matter what. Win or lose. Yes. They're open. Yes. Two-hour delay, win or lose. Two-hour delay, win or lose. Do you think they should get the day off if they win? What is? Do you think you should get the day off if they lose?
3: No, more I think so two. I they they were giving you two hours. Your, your education's more important than the outcome of this game. What about a virtual day? No, I now that we were set
2: no, up for virtual, done
3: that a little too much. I know, but yeah. what your kids do? They're usually picking their nose and throwing things yeah. at each other when they're doing zooms, aren't they? Yeah, that's true. They
6: learn anything?
2: Let the kids off. Let the kids watch.
6: Wait, so you're saying one day of. K through 12 yeah put is them in more school. important what are than, they gonna, what are they gonna do like where, you know you're creating they,
3: problems
2: too like who's
6: gonna, you, who's gonna watch your I'm kids? who's gonna watch your kids if you, both
2: parents are working' We're I, off for parade day if they get parade yeah, day maybe off. we'll
3: let you off for parade day maybe maybe we'll do that or if the parades in the morning, we'll just do
2: afternoons. Well, now, Morning's off. You get the whole day off. Don't give me that. Your kids gonna have stuff. drinks. You are you, your fourth grader. You're not out there boozing, are you? Well, you got to get in line. You got to get your spot. And you, you gotta were
3: get- you off for? Uh, were the kids off back in the day when
2: uh, when championship parades were going? Do you, uh, do you know that I've never been to a championship parade or rally? Yeah, you went to the sky. That is true. Yeah. I did go to the Sky Rally. Yeah. That memorable, huh? But uh, not for the whole thing. But uh, like, mean like, I never went thing. to a Bulls rally. I never went. I didn't, Weren't you covering them? I was, but I went to the press conference before or after. I never went to, and as a fan... I went to the games. I never went to a rally. Never. I didn't go to the Cubs parade. Well, we didn't were working that because
3: parade, uh, Miggy Hawks. Montero was calling us. We had him to make sure that we were available for Miggy. All right. Uh, I got some nonsense. Plus, do we got a little Florida or Ohio today? Yeah, Is we do. That day? Why don't we do that when we come back? We'll get a little freaky. Get
0: ready to play the game that's sweeping the nation. Public drunkenness. Exotic animals. Dumb criminals. Random stabbings, Or maybe just some good old-fashioned debauchery. Ah. Everything's on the table. It's the Sunshine State versus the Buckeye State as we play Florida or Ohio. And as always, listeners, feel free to play along
2: at home. That's right. Florida or Ohio is brought to you by our great friends and partners at 19 Crimes Wine. They're also bringing you our big game pregame on Sunday. Twitch only, uncensored, uninterrupted, noon to 2 this Sunday. Go to the Twitch at uh, twitch.tv ESPN 1000 Chicago. 19 Crimes Wine tells the story of rule breakers who beat the odds and became infamous. Pick up a bottle today for the big game You're going to love it. Maybe pick up five bottles. Live infamously on your own terms. What do you got, Tyler? All
6: right. Man concealed heroin in his butt and was arrested with a kilo of meth as well. Florida. Officials with the sheriff's office said a man is in custody after being found with more than a kilogram. Oh, timeout. Timeout. Calling timeout. Just
3: for full disclosure, is this about having containers? Was it containers? Uh, in in
6: orifices, uh, it does not say. It in okay,
3: because just want to make sure that we've had a story like that where one container had meth, the other container had heroin in it. You saying this is a repeat again? I no, this, going this, I on? It, with this was from
6: yesterday. Okay, this oh, came right. from yesterday. I'm just saying, Timothy Holt was arrested after deputies executed a search warrant at a home. Before the search warrant was executed, deputies saw they saw said they saw Holt pick up a package from the front uh, porch of the home. And the sheriff's office and the drug uh, enforcement agency found that he had over one kilo of crystal meth. And when they told him he would be arrested, he admitted that he had three and a half grams of heroin
2: concealed within the crack of his buttocks. Right there in the crack of the buttocks, you'll find it. Isn't that where you stash crack? Or would that
3: be redundant? Crack in the crack. That's heroin. Yeah, yeah. You don't put you don't put heroin in your crack. Well, you, he did. You, yeah, you put crack in your crack. Little little unorthodox approach. Yeah, you put heroin Didn't under your arms.
2: Ew, really? Yeah, <laughs> you
3: walk around with it under your arms. How do you know
2: this?
6: <laughs> Is, this some, Is it your making it up?
2: So he's the subject
6: of making the story. It
2: up. I picture a guy in a. Um, uh tank gas top? station in no. Tampa. I picture a guy in a tank top, yeah. a beard, flip flops with a little yeah, and like yes, uh a little palm tree on his porch Yeah, in Florida. Uh yeah, let me go with uh let's go old school Ponte Verde. <laughs> Ponte Verde. <laughs>
1: That's
3: where it all started. That's where this all started, Ponte Verde.
6: Is that the the really? Yeah. What do you got, Maller? Oh, I've already submitted oh, it. Oh yeah, he it said for place in Crestview, Florida. Where can we find
3: Crestview on the map? Like, is it Greater Tampa area? Is it on the other well, side? The, the site
6: is mypanhandle.com. Okay, well, you're in the panhandle. <laughs> yeah. That's
3: where you're getting these? Is mypanhandle.com? That's where this from. Are we one's in from? Destin or Fort Walton or
6: somewhere close? Let me let me do a little Google Maps. Okay. Yeah, I got it here.
3: How about this? Uh this story I saw was uh, just perusing some stuff and saw about a half a billion dollars worth of cocaine was found floating in the pacific ocean
5: yes cocaine shark <laughs> it's, this, it's a sequel to cocaine, cocaine bear. bear yeah that's by the way that's like a it's based on a true story right it's the 85 the, bears yes no it's not stop really. it happened in 1985 stop stop don't you dare, don't dare. talk about the 85 am, bears no, like the, that The the events occurred in 1985.
3: Roughly half a billion dollars worth of cocaine was discovered floating around in the Pacific Ocean, enough to service the New Zealand market for 30 years, according to a statement by the country's police. That's crazy. Yeah. That's a lot of coke, man. (laughs) It's a lot
2: of coke. You're going to need a lot of armpits to hide that coke. Uh, no, you put your heroin underneath your armpits. Oh, I thought you said you crack. Speaking cocaine of this as well. Oh, no, the uh, crack goes in your ass. I get crack yeah, in crack, the crack. Yeah, crack in the crack. Heroin in the armpit. Sixth grader like arrested. Baton
3: Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, the East Baton Rouge Sheriff's Office said a sixth grader was arrested Monday after several students ingested THC gummies. Stop giving other kids gummies well, that look, have. It's hard sometimes. THC, Do you think yeah.
2: you're just having like a. What is it, Haribo? A, a Haribo gummy? Is that who makes the gummies? Yeah. Yes, uh-huh. yeah. Haribo. Yep. You just love having an innocent local Haribo company? gummy. They are. A local company. Yeah. Next one thing more. you know, it's yeah. from the shop down the street. Yeah, next
3: thing you know, you're in juvie. Um, one more drug story for you. Okay. Dog, then- dog's sick after eating meth addict's poop. In a local park, a professional dog walker from South London has issued a warning to those with pets in the Croydon area after a dog he looks after was found to have eaten poo containing methamphetamines, making it very sick. The dog walker and groomer from Happy Hound's Crystal Palace... This doesn't sound very happy to explained, me. ...explained, one of my clients' large breed dog ate some poo yesterday from around South Norwood Lake that contained some meth. Had this been a small dog, the dog would have died instantly. Please be very vigilant walking your dogs around Norwood Lakes, as the fishermen and other regular fishermen and others regularly use the wooded area as a
2: toilet. Well, you know, this is a good lesson, right, Waddle? Don't eat poop.
3: That's would get your dog. I mean, yeah. I mean, don't eat poop. I got another question. Dog. Why are people pooping in a public park?
2: You got to go. You got to go. It's the math. True. All right, coming up next, Adam Schefter joins the show. What are league sources telling him about Justin Fields and the Bears? And what does he believe is going to happen when Aaron Rodgers comes out of his four days
0: of darkness? What will he declare? Shafty from the Super Bowl next.